0: Coming up on Philosophy Talk
1: The Value of Care, Feminism and Ethics,
0: The Importance of Caring for Ourselves and Others.
1: Caring for others is a moral virtue.
0: Yeah, but can a whole moral theory be based on care?
1: Well, if we don't care, why would we treat each other ethically?
0: But shouldn't we treat even those we don't care
1: about fairly? People may care about people who care about themselves, but I just don't really care about those people. Our guest is Joan Tronto from the University of Minnesota.
0: Author of Who Cares? How to Reshape a Democratic Politics.
1: value of care,
0: coming up on Philosophy Talk. Is it all right to care about some people more than others?
1: Or does morality require that we care about everyone equally?
0: Are we also care, required to care about perfect strangers?
1: Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything
0: except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor,
1: and I'm Deborah Satz, and we're here at the studios of KALW in San Francisco,
0: continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner down on the Stanford campus, where Deborah and I teach philosophy.
1: Today, we're going to be probing the ethics of caring.
0: Now, you know, Deborah, caring and being cared for are really important things for human beings. I mean, imagine a person who cared about nothing but him or herself. That that kind of person would just be a monster. Or, Or on the other side, imagine a person that nobody else cared about at all. Well, that person would be lonely and invisible.
1: But caring also has risks. Caring about one person too much might cause you to care about other people too little. Some people care about the wrong things altogether. Figuring out who and what to care about and to what degree, that can be a tricky thing.
0: I grant you it can sometimes be tricky, but there's some pretty clear cases, Deborah. I mean... I clearly owe my own children more care than I owe to uh, complete strangers, for example. And, you know, just think about that. I would never even think of abandoning my station as their caregiver, you know, and and to run off, even to do something noble like like saving starving children in some some distant land. I I, I owe too much to my children for that.
1: Yeah, but— you know, Ken, it's wrong to let excessive concern for your own children make you totally blind to the needs of children around the world. Well,
0: I'm not, I'm not blind to their needs. I'm not indifferent to their well-being. I mean, I, I have no desire whatsoever to see them starved or trafficked or neglected or anything like that.
1: But your indifference is not the point. Justice is the point. And justice sometimes requires us to be impartial. Impartial toward my own children? Oh, come on.
0: Uh, you're getting at some difference between impartiality and indifference. What, 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 what is that?
1: Well, indifference implies that other people's needs don't matter at all. Impartiality requires that you treat everyone's and their needs equally.
0: Well, I, that sounds good in the abstract. I know some moral philosophers think that way. But frankly, Deborah, how's that supposed to work in practice? I mean, I, I can't take care of all the children around the world. I can do a lot for my own children. And not, and not only is that not wrong, there's something right about my being more partial to my own children.
1: But, you know, you're underestimating what you can do for others. For example, instead of buying your own children the extra toys that they can't live without, you could donate that money to some charity that'll help those starving children you just claim to care about. Well I, well, I do
0: care about them, but but I think you're missing my point. You're not really addressing my point.
1: Uh, and what's your point, Kel? Well,
0: Well, Deborah, now we need to distinguish the concept of caring about someone from the concept of taking care of them. I care about lots of people that I'm in no position whatsoever to really take care of. No. Sure, in the abstract, in the abstract, moral, philosophical sense, maybe impartiality does require me to care about all children equally, but it surely can't. Follow from that, that my personal energies, my caring energies should be equally devoted to taking care of all of them on a day-to-day basis, you know, impartially. That can't be.
1: Yeah, well, I, I grant that. You couldn't possibly do that even if you wanted to.
0: Which then raises an important question. Even if I agree that I should impartially care about all people, how do I ensure that people in need are adequately cared for? And on whose shoulders should the burden of caring fall?
1: Well, I know where the burden does fall for the most part, it's on the shoulders of women, whether it's in the family or in the market economy. And that's one reason feminists have been so concerned about the ethics of care.
0: Sounds like you think that It's a form of injustice for women to be doing the caring work. But, you know, I got to say, caring work is noble stuff, Deborah. It's spiritually and emotionally rewarding. We shouldn't be castigating uh, these overburdened women. We should be praising the overburdened women who so often do the care work in society.
1: Praise them all you want, but we've got to pay them more. And look, in the context of the family, care work is basically uncompensated, labor, and it's unequally shared between men and women. And even in the market economy, care work is radically undercompensated. Paid care workers are marginalized, stigmatized, and they're exploited. And they're mostly women of color.
0: Uh, uh, you know, that's a powerful ca- case you've made against the way we treat care work. I agree about that. And, that. and that raises an important question, given that you and I both agree that caring for and being cared for are really fundamental to human flourishing. Why do we do that?
1: So I think it's a big question about what we can do um, to elevate the status of care work in a society like ours that seems to care so little about those who do most of the caring?
0: That's a really hard question, and to help us answer that question, Deborah, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Liza Veal, to talk to people laboring on the front lines of giving care. She files this report.
2: We should start with a few quick facts. Back when the New Deal was passed in the 1930s, domestic workers were specifically excluded from Social Security and worker protection laws. It wasn't seen as a real job. The first law to guarantee domestic workers the same basic protections as everyone else, like overtime pay, paid leave, and legal protection from harassment, wasn't on the books until 2010.
1: We have suffered in silence, and we are saying enough is enough. No more!
2: Before the workforce began to organize, it was perfectly legal in some states to exempt childcare and elder care workers and housekeepers from minimum wage laws. For a long time, this country has naturalized care work as something we're just entitled to get from the mostly women who do it, with little in return. The cultural
3: association of this work with work that women have historically done is a huge part of the reason why we've really struggled to recognize
2: this workforce as a real professional workforce ai Poo is a labor leader. She first found huge respect for care workers after witnessing the difference they made in her family. When her grandfather started to require more aid than her family could give, they had to place him in a nursing home against his wishes. She remembers visiting and seeing people comatose and in extreme pain. My grandfather was just incredibly afraid and
3: I just wanted nothing more than to get him out of there and he passed away after three months.
2: Her grandmother, on the other hand, is 93 and still able to live on her own. She goes to church twice a week, plays mahjong with friends, and has a good quality of life. And she's able to
3: do that because she has the support of two really wonderful home care workers. So the difference between the two is a huge source of inspiration for
2: me. Part of the reason it's taken so long to organize care workers to push for the protections that they're finally winning is there's no one workplace to reach them at. The
3: job is really um, specific in that it's it's really it's hidden behind closed doors. You could go into any neighborhood and not know which homes are also workplaces. It's almost defined by invisibility.
2: But there are also less practical challenges. Care workers are up against the way the workforce is feminized and also marginalized for being disproportionately immigrants and people of
3: color. There is a way that we have internalized, all of us have internalized a story about care work being less valuable. But I jen says once she started talking to these workers. There's also a way in which this workforce knows in their bones how important what they do is to the people that they support and the families that they support and to the economy.
2: One of the reasons ai cares so much about improving these jobs is they're the fastest growing jobs in our economy. We have an elder population boom, life expectancy is growing longer, millennials are starting to have children. All these people need care.
3: We used to rely on kind of a default solution of women staying home and taking care of family members. That hasn't been a viable path for the majority of households for several decades now. Because one income isn't enough
2: to support a family anymore. At a time when we need more care than ever before, we have less of it. That means our country needs a comprehensive plan for how we're gonna provide care to everyone that needs but can't afford it. Paid family leave, universal child care, universal elder care. ai Poo says we're missing policy solutions. I think we think about caregiving as a personal, private
3: concern, a personal family matter as opposed to a public policy matter or a political priority for the country.
2: It's really an archaic idea, an idea about commerce and civic life and the state excluding the home and family and women and care. But now more than ever, home care workers don't work in their own home. These are jobs, and this country can't afford not to care. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Liza Beal.
1: To hear the rest of this program, head to philosophytalk.org. Thank you for listening.
0: And thank you for thinking.